So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's sake. Charles, Sebastian is not quicker than you, but let him buy me. What's going on? Well, we'll discuss. Welcome to For Formula One's sake, the only F1 podcast with an even shitter strategy than Ferrari. I think if Ferrari were a podcast, they'd have walked around to six different pubs before finding <laughs> one with a table too. Welcome to For Formula One's sake, welcoming back the 2016 Sports Driver Personality of the Year. Go Korea, you lucky, lucky bastard. <laughs> Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that makes Pierre Gasly and Robert Kubica look like they're doing excellent jobs. It's a bit harsh on Grosjean. <laughs> I'm Chica Reyes, and today from the understudy in South London, we are going to talk about the Chinese Grand Prix, where we celebrated 1,000 years of Formula One. Look, there was a race in China and the Mercedes team smashed everyone, okay? We're going to talk about that and all the other usual shit that falls out of the F1 after a race. Plus, we'll look through the very real archives of the past 1,000 episodes of this humble Formula One podcast. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who has done his backing. It's Terry Saunders. Okay, so what are we learning about me over the years you've got to know me? One, I go go karting and break a rib. Two, I get a personal trainer, do a deadlift, maybe do my back in for a week. Nice. Uh, I'm in pain. I mean, I'm in less pain today, but I'm in pain. How much are we trying to lift? The bar, which is about 20 or 30 kilos. Yeah. And I forget what the weights were. Either side, I think it was maybe uh, five either side. (laughs) So (laughs) let's say. So let's say 35 kilos then. So it's like a sort of toddler. Yeah. You put your back out lifting a toddler. Basically, yeah. Were you overdoing it? I didn't think so. Did you have your back strap belt thing on? No, I don't believe in that kind of shit. And your special stacked weightlifting That's like when we went karting and some people had those rib protectors on. I don't believe in that shit. That kind of stuff is for idiots and wusses. I hurt myself when I do any kind of activity. I'm never, ever, ever going abseiling. So uh, how long do you think you're going to be off for? How off are we? I mean, you haven't really... You're going to miss the next Grand Prix. You know, I've, I've been in a lot of pain. 
Okay. But, but I've been... What has it stopped you doing? Nothing. And alongside him is a man who has been chasing his Olympic dreams. It's Phil Tromans. Yes, indeed. Uh, Tokyo 2020 is obviously just over a year away. And I, on Saturday, went down to the Lee Valley Velodrome and uh, had a taster session for riding track bikes around the I think I saw this on your Instagram, actually. You did, yeah. You can check out my Instagram, at Phil Tromans. Thanks very much. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I went along and they gave gave me a bike and I rode around on it and didn't crash. And it's a little bit scary because it's like 42 degree banking, quite high speeds. It was good fun. Bloody knackering. Any injuries? No. Didn't even fall off. Ah. Break my ribs, didn't hurt my back. Chica, have you been uh, lifting anything or dreaming of Olympic glory? Well... Like Terry likes to tell injury stories, I've got a penis story. So I was sat on uh, the district line and it was very crowded and I was on a seat and there was a man stood very close to me uh, and he had an erection. And um, he was looking at his phone above and it was really very close. Did he have trousers on? (laughs) Yes, otherwise that would have been, I think, illegal, but I could see it. And I'd really want to- Is it illegal if everyone's enjoying it? If he what? If everyone's enjoying it, is it illegal? If he wasn't wearing trousers, yes. Okay. I'm not getting involved in this story. (laughs) And I thought it was quite funny, so I was going to send a picture to my friend. So I put my phone up to take it, like, as you know when you pretend to text and you frown? No. Oh, you've never oh, done you, this? Oh, like when you're you've pretending never... to text, but you're actually taking pictures of other people's genitals in a public place without Absolutely. them knowing about it. Absolutely. We've yeah. all done it. And I was pretending to text, ready to take a photo, because it was funny. And then as I went to take a photo, no, the no. flash Don't say the flash right Oh, my God. Right, let's slide into Listener's Corner and try and avoid the McLarens. Instead, we're going to have a look at what you guys reckon we should be talking about. So while Mercedes topped the podium, much of the conversation concerned Ferrari. Luke Williams said, with Ferrari being known to forget to connect items in the car, should Leclerc's engineer forget to connect his radio from now on? Russell Trigg said, so professional asshat is now a job. First designing cars for Williams, then Brexit, now Ferrari strategy. Andy Dixon said, Ferrari doing the Massa probably wasn't the worst bit. It was the awful strategy. They then put him on afterwards. There was not a chance that they would have left Vettel out like that had he been the second car. It's like it was a lesson for questioning the decision. You complain and we will make it worse. Right. What did you think of this? Let's dig into this. So, the situation was, was it about eight laps in, something like that? Yeah. The Mercedes were disappearing off into the distance, and the Ferraris were behind each other. Leclerc was losing ground to Bottas. Vettel was behind him. And then, I didn't hear a message from Vettel asking to be let by. Did, did that happen? I was pretty much asleep. My back was really hurting. <laughs> I was on codeine. Ferrari came on the radio and said, right, let Sebastian through. And uh, Leclerc was like, what? What? No, I'm going faster. <laughs> but it was too late, and he let him through. And then Vettel conspicuously didn't really pull away very much. But there wasn't there a bit where he said, if you're not going to speed up, we'll, pull, we'll let Vettel through. And he went, oh, yes. He said, he said first, yeah. yeah. And he went, oh, OK, no, no, I'll speed up. And then a few laps later, he went, no, 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 let him through. And he went, no, but I've already started speeding up. It's just like, what the fuck is going on? It it's is a weird just... one, isn't it? It's a weird one. It is one. so polite on radio, isn't it? It seemed very yes. early in the race for them to move him over. But, but like I you wonder, said, I wonder if, if, if suddenly Vettel had disappeared and caught up Bottas, then we'd be all like, yeah, it was a good idea. Mm. But he didn't. So it's Vettel's fault. We don't know what they're, what they're playing us in terms of on the radio, but 
they weren't playing any of Vettel saying, I want to go in front, move him out of the way, I can take... No, he I might have been overtake. going, let me pass, let me pass, let me pass, yeah. don't scream. I wonder whether he'd said anything before the race. Oh, I'm definitely. Num- I'm number he one said, driver, do you reckon? Yeah. By the way, if it happens that I totally fluff up my start and Leclerc <laughs> gets ahead of me, can we somehow engineer it so that I don't look like a total idiot? That is the harsh thing, isn't it? Because he lost, he lost his position fair and square to Leclerc, who just had a better start than him. Yeah. But the trouble is that Ferrari have always already come out straight at the start of the season and said, yeah, yeah, we're, we're preferring Vettel. They're not going to wait and see who's quickest and then decide later on. They're just like, no, it's Vettel, obviously. Which, even if it was the right decision, is massively biting them on the arse in terms of the PR, and it just doesn't look good. And it's, frankly, what we've come to expect from Ferrari. And they then put Leclerc on a really weird strategy where they left him until his tyres had basically fallen off, then brought him in and he was lost fourth place. Stupid. So Paul Hinton said, Phil, what is your verdict on Gasly? You said one more race. He was closer, but he was still way, way off. If he isn't the right man, then who is? Neither of the top Toro Rosso drivers are ready. And it's the same for Bobby Kay and the Williams. Russell overtook him three laps from the end and finished 16 seconds ahead. The happy story just isn't working out. Yeah, so last episode I said, I was, I was reluctant to criticise Gasly because I was like, He's, he's been moved up early. He's only had two races. Let's give him three and see how he's doing. It's been three. He's still miles off. He needs to pull his finger out. It's not good enough. And I think probably fairly legitimately, people are starting to look closely and go, ooh, if I were you, Pierre, I'd be a little bit worried about your place. But he does make the point that neither of the Toro Rosso drivers are probably ready to jump into his seat. So it's... I mean, there's a shortage of young Red Bull drivers, basically. That's why Gasly got the seat in the first place. So he's probably safe for a bit longer. How long? That's a very good question. Depends on the fickle mind of Helmut Marco. Well, we know how fickle Marco is. I wouldn't be surprised if at the next race, it's just Brendan Hartley's in the Red Bull. We're like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> Nothing makes sense to you anymore. It's just whoever you've not looked at longest. Helmet. Yeah. Suddenly Scott You're speeds right. back. Chris Krug reckons the season is now all wrapped up. He said, so Mercedes will win the Constructors' Championship and Lewis will win the Drivers. Bottas is better this year, but there's no way he's taking the title from Hamilton. See you guys in 2020. I think he's got a point. Yeah. yeah. I think this race was the most... If you'd said that this was the result at the beginning of this season... Well, the Mercedes have been 1-2 in every race. Yeah, 1-2, every race, Ferrari, 3-4... Uh, Red or Bull. Three five. <laughs> Fact. Three five. Do you know the last time a team got three one twos in the first three races? Yes. Williams in nineteen ninety two. Correct. Yay. Well done. And that was a car that was like twenty minutes ahead of all the other cars. Twenty minutes. Yeah, they got there early. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a tip. Where's Paul stops wants to talk about our one-time driver of the year. Get ready for a Verstappen win. Kvyat will be fired any minute now. I can feel it in my waters. I don't think he's going to be fired until Italy. Okay. But then he'll be fired. Because it's Toro Rosso and that's their home Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah, they'll just wait. I mean, like we said before, there's not really that many people to drive the car for them. Red Bull are trying desperately not to hire people out of the Red Bull Driver Academy. So they're kind of stuck with Kvyat and he knows it. And he's going to keep ballsing it up as much as he likes. I, didn't, I, I felt a little bit sorry for him in this race. Well, we'll get to that, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure we'll get to the fact that he didn't totally balls it up, but he balls it up. 
So in the wake of the fastest lap rule changes, Mark Griffin has a suggestion for the extra points. He said, I think the formation lap should be used as a freestyle figure skating display with judges' points awarded for most spins, backwards pirouettes, sideways slides, etc. But only for cars in positions 11 to 20 as a thank you for those teams turning up. It's a good idea. Quite like this idea. So this, this presumably comes as a result of at least two drivers spinning on the formation map, which is quite amusing. So it's Verstappen and Kubica. I think they should do like a steeplechase. Have a big like trough of water across the track. And it's like it's, it's on a kind of separate offshoot of track. So you don't have to do it every time. But if you go through it, you get an extra point. Or like okay. a joker lap in... Um, well, like in Formula E, where they have the blooming, what's it called, the charge thing, where they go through and charge their cars I don't know up. what that is. You know, watch Formula E? You watched the Formula E race. I'm thinking of someone else. Okay. Um, so, in other news, uh, could we see a new race in wait, China? Didn't we just have one of those? Yes. Well, we might be getting another one. Talks are actually underway about a new street race somewhere else in China. F1 sideburn king Sean Bratches has hinted that it could be in Beijing. Yay! Well, all I know is there are nine million bicycles in Beijing, <laughs> and that is a fact. You have been planning that, yeah. haven't you? I reckon that is in there purely so you can drop that. All anything, I've got. All I've got for a Katie Melua lyric. I love a bit of Katie Melua. I can't get very excited about a street race in China really I mean if they can do it through like the Forbidden City or something in Beijing then maybe it'll be quite interesting to look at but what's the Forbidden City? Forbidden City is uh, in the middle of Beijing it's like a really old city where the public were forbidden to go in it's where the emperor and all his concubines lived many moons ago and it's still there and now you can go and look around it and I've been in it it's very interesting they should put the pits in there yeah that'd be good it's pretty big <laughs> you could have it'd be really tight it'd be much tighter than Baku it'd be like Monaco-esque but um, it would look good so maybe they're doing that. In, that, in which case, I like it. <laughs> I'm glad you talked yourself around. <laughs> <laughs> could Monza's future, could Monza's future in F1 be in doubt? The classic Italian Grand Prix venue doesn't have a contract after this year, and the bosses say it needs some 60 million euros sunk into it to keep it in F1 ready condition. This is as part of a 100 million euro revamp which will include removing one of the chicanes and bringing back the classic banking before Monza's 100th anniversary in 2022. Organisers hope that the money will come from the Italian government. Well, the Italian government's probably got loads of money, haven't they? Look, yeah. it's all going well over there at the, the moment. The Italian Grand Prix is going fucking nowhere. Um, this is just brinksmanship. Of course, Formula 1 are going to step in and rescue it if needs be. End of, full stop, no further discussion. Well, you think there Formula are nine million <laughs> bicycles no. in Beijing. You think Formula One will step in and give money to a venue instead of demanding ever-increasing sums from them? Yes. Why? Because it's the Italian Grand fucking well, Prix. Well, have been saying that about Silverstone, which was the site of the first Fuck ever Grand Prix. Silverstone, they are greedy Okay. Italy, however, it's Monza, it's different. You're a bit, a bit of classic Tifosi in you that we didn't see before. I like Monza. Yeah, I, I mean, been. I like Monza. I went to Silverstone once, okay. had a very bad day. Okay. Don't care if it burns to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, are we going to get a qualifying revamp next year? Well, no, probably not. The idea of introducing a fourth qualifying period had been touted around by F1 bosses because it would allow for more ad breaks. But racefans.net reckons that all the team except Renault don't like the idea, with the general consensus being that there's nothing wrong with qualifying as it is. So, as you were. 
that was probably the right decision. Put it into 20 periods, and then we just kind of go, oh, and now we're going to have the ad break between... Uh, you get to do one sector. Everyone goes out, does the first sector, five of them gone. Can I another be, one. Can I be controversial? You know, the disastrous, you know the disastrous qualifying format from the other year? That yeah, they I did for like one race. it out of my mind, but yeah, I remember they fucked around with it and everyone hated it. I think that was a good idea. Why? But the execution was awful. Right. Because the idea was they'd all be on the track and they'd all kind of run around and then whoever was slowest would be disqualified until there's only two guys left and then the fastest one that does the grid. That's a good idea in theory. It's very exciting. But they mucked it all up and kind of went, oh, you know, you don't have to go out straight away and so they just wouldn't bother going out. The teams did that thing of going, well, data shows that the most efficient way of doing this is like this, which is not the most exciting way. But if they can mandate it to be just all the cars go out, they all race around, and every lap, the slowest one gets caned. That is a good idea. Well, so they have a sort of mandated level of fuel, yep. and they all have to be on the same tyres. They all have to, and they they have all to stay go out, out for the whole session. They all go out for 20 laps. They've got 20 laps of fuel, one set of tyres, slowest run round each time gets disqualified. Yeah, but F1 never does that, does it? It's a good idea. Well, it never listens to Terry. But I never think... listens to Terry. He's had so many suggestions over the last four years. But do you know, a lot of but my no, suggestions no, what I mean, true. What I mean is there is so much potential for exciting stuff to happen, but they're always, they always find some way to make it boring, don't yeah. they? Yeah, and that's why we love it. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook or Instagram where we are For F1's Sake or you can email us at wrong at ff1s.com. And a huge thank you to everyone who has donated a pint or a whole round since the last show. Terry and Phil, can you please thank them in turn as I say their name? James Henson. Cheers, James. Nice one, James. David Anderson. Oh, Good man, right. Dave. Shelley Smith. Cheers, Shelley. I think I've had enough. Andreas Larfors. <laughs> nice one, Dre. Thanks. Stephen Lamb. Cheers, Lammy. Lamb. Graham King. <laughs> Cheers, King, King Man. That's yeah. not much of a nickname. And thanks to everyone who started a recurring monthly donation. Ooh. Thank you in a louder voice, please. Paul Hewings. I love you, Paul. Hi, Paul. <laughs> Christopher Lee. Thank you, Chris. Not I thought you were Christopher Lee. <laughs> it's probably not that one. And thank you for the booze. And Paul Hinton. Thanks, Paul. Top man. Well done, Paul. So we're actually up on beers from last episode, so we are going to have to get more shit-faced. Phil, what are you drinking? I am drinking uh, a concoction from Lou's Brews called Banshita Hath Mercy! It's a pale ale, and I'm about halfway through it, and it's very nice. Terry? I'm drinking pint of lager. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually a pint of Greenwich Lager from the Greenwich Meantime Brewery, who are a local brewery to where I live, and they've been bought out by the uh, Budweiser chain. So, is that the one that you were talking about last week when you weren't drinking that? Yeah, yeah. All the craft brewery beers that you like have been bought by massive companies. I'm not sure Lou's Brews has because I googled this beer and couldn't find any single mention of it on the internet. They're on the dark web. And I am drinking a lime and soda tonight. Crazy. It's Tuesday night after all. And uh, this can cost between three uh, and six pounds. Actually, once I did get charged a full four pounds wow. for this. Wow. Central Shop. London for you. I know. Um, so thank you, everyone. It also means that we obviously did a better show. Uh, so no pressure for this episode then. Can we carry on the momentum? Will that happen? Let's find out. time for the teams so we're going to start off with Mercedes 
Woo! A momentous 1,000 races and another 1 2 for the leading team. And their third 1 2 race in the season. Hamilton's driven amazingly again, and Bottas's dreams being crushed as usual. Do you know what made Bottas shit this weekend? What? Paint. Paint? They painted the start line, and Iggy Widgy Bottas could have been too really spinny on the start line. <laughs> and that's how Hamilton got away. Did he, did he blame that? Yeah. Is that he what he blamed said? the paint. He said that his paint is too shiny. Wow. But everyone had shiny paint. Ah, I mean, it can make a difference to traction. No, apparently, and this is not because I heard this on the Autosport podcast, and now I'm sounding intelligent. This is just my thoughts when I watched the race. <laughs> so, Hamilton, on the parade lap, put down, like, some thick black tyre, what's it called? Rubber. Uh, wheel spins, burnouts. Rubber. Stuff on the ground. Yeah. Rubber. To make sure that he had more traction. And old Bottas, old uh, novice here, old newbie, <laughs> didn't know what he was doing. So he didn't put any down. <clears throat> Squeaks off the line. Out and goes forward. Job's a good one. That's good foresight, that. I remember years ago, somebody was talking about Senna doing something similar when he was trying to line up an overtake somewhere. And in the previous three laps, he was going offline to sort of clear the track and lay some rubber down so he'd have more grip when he actually sent it and went, went for the overtake. It's good, good planning that. I like little stuff like when that. When we went cutting, I went off the line a lot and it was for a very similar reason. You, you laid a lot of rubber down next I to the wall. And a, a bit of poo. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very good drive from Hamilton. Mm. Took the lead, sailed off into the distance, barely saw him all race. Felt a little bit sorry for Bottas. He had a really good qualifying, but he's just, it's not as good. It's as simple as that. Again. It's his natural place. Being not as good as... I'm starting to think potentially the best driver ever. It's fine, isn't it? Oh, Hamilton. Hamilton is the best driver ever in Formula One. He's well up there. I, think, I mean, I now really, I think I like him. I've wow. always liked him. I mean, when he was younger, I thought he was a bit of a shit, but I always thought he was a good driver. Now I quite like him all over. Okay. You driver. like him all over. I like him all over. So, okay. So where where are we going with that? You just like him. Hamilton is the best driver of all time. Okay. So Bottas is a very good driver. But he's always going to be second. He's always going to be up against the best driver of all time. Okay. Can you imagine? Do you think he'll move teams because of that? Because he will always be number two. Well, he's fucked now, isn't he? Because he'll never. Where can he go? Yeah, where can he go? His next thing, I reckon, whenever he quits Mercedes, he'll either quit entirely. Or end up back in a kind will of... Will he quit or will he be pushed? Well, whatever, you know. But I reckon he'll go back to, like, Williams, maybe Renault, one Why of those kind of teams. Like, a team that needs someone to build it up. Like when Massa went to Williams, when Williams were a bit less shit, but it was a kind of... We'll get this old guy. Well He's a safe you. pair of hands. Oh, good on we you, mate. We won't win any races, but, you know, yeah. he'll help with development. Yeah. Ferrari. Uh, so, again, it was a finish lower than the clerk deserves. The undeserving understudy. He's the Trotsky of F1. It was the first time we've seen Vettel on the podium this season. Now, I've been wondering, thinking about mums. If you were Vettel's mum, how would you have felt when you see your son up there? Right, I have several questions. Why are we talking about mums? Because I was thinking as I was watching it, like if you were a clerk's mum, how would you feel? when you had that overtake situation. Oh, I'd be furious. Okay. And I'd, I'd be out with my rolling pin yeah. chasing after Mattia Bonato. That's very dated attitude uh, towards I'm the I'm a very dated kind of guy. And if you were Vettel's mum, how would you feel? Would smug. You fi- you'd feel smug. You yeah. wouldn't feel slightly yeah. embarrassed about the fact you're not entirely no, more, sure more embarrassed about his moustache. deserves to be on the podium. No, be I bet it. Vettel's mum didn't watch the race. 
Captain Roster A. <laughs> doesn't give a shit. She's busy living in her enormous house that had a wonderful sun water. Probably doesn't care, yeah. She's sitting by the pool. I have another question. Yeah. Why is he like the Trotsky of F1? That's a level of politics that's way above my knowledge. Because Vettel is Lennon. Bloody hell. <laughs> I have no if, idea how to react to this. Um, Vettel is Lenin. If Ferrari were, was the Russian Revolution, I think then you know a lot more about the Russian Revolution than I do. But keep I've digging, got a history Bill. degree, so I feel like... Yeah. I do. Yeah. All right. Notice um, how I have really stayed very quiet during this section. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Um, Red Bull. Uh, on paper, it was a good weekend for them, but from the stands or the sofa, it was underwhelming. Verstappen finished in fourth, and Gasly got points as well as the fastest lap, and they got good pit times. Nobody remembers good pit times, guys. Well, only if it's the best ever. Everyone remembers. Wim- Didn't Williams have the record at the moment for Williams the best have pit, very good pit times. Is it one point nine seconds or something? People remember that, assuming it's correct. <laughs> well, that's um, going well for them. Yeah. To make up for Kubica's pace. Those pits are going to have to get into, like, minus figures. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Red Bull did all right. I mean, excepting the fact that Gasly is not getting on very well at all, and I'll come back to that in a second, I thought Red Bull did okay. They played the strategy well, the snap and drove well, in a car that probably isn't as quick as the Ferraris. He managed to make it work, and he got into a position that's probably better than the car deserves, helped by Ferrari fucking it up. Gasly, we've touched on already... Is, is having a torrid time, isn't he? He's really just can't seem to get it together. He did still come home in sixth, though. Yeah, because the, the car is quick enough that, you know, it's quicker than everything else. But he was, I mean, what, 30-something seconds behind? Yeah, I mean, he could happen. There's such a gap between Red Bull and whoever the next team are that he could... He's just got to get it around in one piece. Yeah, he's got some leeway. Sixth. Yeah, sixth is like the bare minimum. But apparently he's having tricky problems driving it. Apparently it's a very different driving style than he's used to, all that kind of shit. I don't know. He's clearly a good driver. Well, he didn't get to F1 and Lisa at least halfway competent. But, but got, you know, he did well last year in a Toro Rosso, but I think... Yeah. I've, n- okay, I've never seen somebody... I, I know that different cars suit different drivers and everyone has their own style and all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to think of a time where I've seen a driver so thrown by the difference between his preferred driving style and the nature of the car because really? clearly it is quicker I mean Kimi Raikkonen for the last 10 years <laughs> no he's not been great but he's he's always been there or thereabouts and he's well, won he's a race he's been at the minimum of the, the he's won a but race Gasly's a, a race winning mi- car Gasly's a mile off yeah, he just Raikkonen can't get it to work a mile off come on was he yes he won one race in a race winning Ferrari in the last I like, mean that is true but Bottas didn't win any last year in a Mercedes that's not helping your point <laughs> If the previous two races hadn't have happened, uh, then I would have said that this was probably a fairly disappointing race for Renault. Uh, if this was before the season started and we didn't know what was actually going to happen. However, after their previous performances this season, I would say that this was fucking sensational. With only one driver retiring this time and Ricardo coming home in seventh. Ricardo's first finish of the year. This was good. It was also Renault's first Q3 appearance in 2019. Yeah, I mean, less terrible. And, you know, Ricardo, best of the rest. It's all right, isn't it? They They're always going to be, gonna be mid- midfield this season, aren't they? They have to be an easy fourth. That's what they said at the start of the year. We need to be an easy fourth team ahead of Haas and Force India or whatever. And they're not making it look very easy. Well, they were they were ahead of all the other teams in terms of Ricardo. Yeah, but not in terms of Hulkenberg. 
No. Do we know why Hulkenberg retired? Um, car. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Car went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also had the coolest helmets of the weekend. Do you notice this? Well, no. I believe Chica's Smash went off several times. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did some retro helmets, and Ricardo's particularly was like a, a, a throwback to Jack Brabham's from the 60s with like paint chips and gaffer tape on it, which I thought was very so cool. So this was for the thousand racing. Exactly, yeah. And uh, I thought I thought they looked brilliant, uh, completely obscured by the halo. Did you hear Kimi Raikkonen's quote when he was asked about retro helmets? Was it suitably bullshit? Yeah. What he just said, when I heard about that, I was an open face helmet, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite funny for Kimi. Oh. Toro Rosso. So Kvyat, as we said, pissed everyone off and he could have come home with points. Albon is such a good driver, albeit he drove into the barriers in qualifying, but if he hadn't, he probably could have made it through to Q3, but that meant that he actually went from pit lane to points. He was my favourite driver of the weekend. Uh, Yeah, Albon absolutely smashed it. I mean, literally on Saturday and then metaphorically on, on Sunday. Can I just say he's approaching Verline levels? Oh, really? Oh, you've got a thing for... Got a thing for Albon. You don't? Oh. No. Let's talk about his driving rather than his uh, sinuous good looks. Um, yeah, he balls it up quite spectacularly on um, on Saturday. He made a right mess of his car, missed qualifying entirely. But then, to, yeah, to go from the pit line, I mean, there was a shot of the start when everyone went barreling through. Everyone else, the back of the field was through the first corner and he was still just sitting in the pit lane going, Arr. and then to get into the points from there, uh, very impressive. I, I like Album. I think he's punchy and, and good fun. I love him. He's great. He can drive well. He's had a couple of kind of not great races, and he's come through. And he's, I mean, he's he's points. had three races, yeah. you know, yeah. to get points in a Toro Rosso starting from the back. I think yeah, it's very good. We should look out for him. Could, Could he be yeah. on the cards for the next Red Bull? At this rate, I mean, I don't think soon, but well, I think probably more than Kvyat at this rate. <laughs> yeah. So should we talk about Kvyat? So, <laughs> so if you didn't watch the race. And I know there are, weirdly, there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast that don't watch the races, which is a little bit odd. It's because we cover it so Because it's really fucking expensive. Yeah, that's true. I paid for it this weekend because I got up early and I was too tired to work out how to find an illegal stream. So I paid a tenner (laughs) for that shite. (laughs) It was a terrible race, but let's caveat this by saying... Let's let's caveat this caveat. Caveat this by saying... The track was very slippy, as as evidenced by people Paint spinning on the formation everywhere. line. Paint all over the place. People spinning left, right and centre. So Kvyat comes around turn something or other, wiggles a bit, smashes into Science, smashes into Norris, gets a drive-through penalty. Harsh? I didn't think it was harsh. I thought it was a little bit harsh. Oh, I, I thought it was so. unfortunate that a very small mistake in understandable circumstances led to the consequences that it did. But if you're punishing the consequences rather than the actions, I think that's a little bit... I thought it was a little bit harsh. Because a, dri- a drive-through is quite a serious penalty. I mean, that's a good 25 seconds, essentially. I'd have thought a five-second penalty would have been more than enough. But it's twofold, isn't it? One, Kvyat has hit lots of people on the first lap many times in the past. This is true. So you knew it wasn't entirely his fault. It's that thing of going, maybe, mate back off a little bit you know and secondly he hit both cars of one team which just makes it feel far worse than if it was just two different drivers the fact he hits both McLarens means they should throw the I mean since we were kind of expecting it because he's had rotten luck all this season so far but Norris has been flying up until this week and then he had to retire later on Norris got much better than world championship points this weekend with a meme that he made of his car flying into space he is the meme lord (laughs) yeah that guy is going to be 
somehow simultaneous world champion, e-racing champion, and Snapchat stories champion. Is that a thing? Is Snapchat still a thing? I don't even know. I don't know. know. Hey! No points again. Uh, They had tyre temperature problems again. They are level with McLaren on eight points, but I haven't really got that I much do to say not about. remember seeing Haas all weekend. Were they around? They just skipped back down the order. Apparently, they're being really bad on their tyres this year, which is why when the race starts, no matter how they qualify, they just go backwards. Yeah, it's not ideal. Of all the things to be bad on, the one bit that's in contact with the road is not ideal. Fuck, we haven't talked about the grid. The grid? Two by two. Oh, yeah. It was great. The all Noah's Ark grid, as my brother said. All the cars said. lined up in yeah. colour order. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Carry okay, on. we've talked about it now. <laughs> it's great. I fucking loved it. Take that. If it doesn't make it such a boring race, I'd be up for that every year, organising the it cars. It wasn't that boring. It wasn't that boring. It was quite boring. Okay, racing point. So that was a really, really good drive from Perez. Uh, he had an amazing start. And he came home in eighth, but his car is shit. Stroll finished in twelfth. Um, I I really don't think I saw him either. Uh, they're not very entertaining, but Racing Point are oh, actually they're, they're quite a good team in terms of drivers, or at least they're better than we expected. Well, they're about to get a spanky new factory, and they've had a load of money, so maybe they'll With get better. Great balconies. Yes, how sweet is maybe that'll be their new team name, Great Balconies F1. Stroll's been a bit disappointing to not get out of Q1. Stroll's been exactly as you'd expect. I mean, this is a podium-scoring F1 driver we're talking about. Yeah, but do you really (laughs) believe that happened? Yes. You think it's a conspiracy? Come on, think about it. Did a Williams finish on a podium (laughs) in the last couple of years? I mean, when you... I don't believe you. When you you put it like that, it does seem unlikely. Not a chance. So Kvyat damaged both the cars in the opening lap. Sainz made it to the end, uh, but Norris bowed out early, however, was still classified. That makes it sound like he's sort of some secret agent. Yes. Where did Norris come? Oh, sorry, it's classified. The name's Norris. Clando Norris. I think we should say his name like it's a Welsh town. Clando. Clando. (laughs) Clando Norris. (laughs) Clando Norris. It's got a small station. You it's just outside. Like, Did you get to Clandonoris? Clandonoris. There's a T-shirt. Clandonoris in traditional Welsh dress. Oh. That might not happen, by the way. So don't try and buy it. But if you want to buy a T-shirt, we've got plenty of others. Clandonoris Kalasins Gogogag. Well, they were Gogogon after Kavir had his wicked way with them. Oh, bravo! Thank you. Alfa Romeo. Raikkonen got points. Not many, but they are still points. Uh, it's the third in a row. Third race in a row he's got points. I keep thinking that he's not doing that well, though. But he, he's got points. But they're not that many points. But it is not a disaster. Giovinazzi started at the back, and I did not see him after that. I saw some of the Sky coverage where they did some kind of remote control race with Kimi Raikkonen and Giovinazzi. Oh, yes. And... You just gotta feel a bit sorry for Giovinazzi being next to the icon that is Kimi Raikkonen, who can nonchalantly hate everything and everyone loves him. And Giovinazzi's like really trying, and everyone's just ignoring him. It's just like, <laughs> who's this guy? Yeah. Oh, there's Kimi's over there. Oh. Kimi's team also featuring the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Kimi's been really solid so far this year. You know, obviously the car is not amazing, 
but he's probably getting pretty much everything out of it that it can but do. Now it's a hobby. Yeah. Oh, yes, he said That's that what he's week. now said. Formula One is now a hobby to me, as as is collecting pebbles or something. <laughs> that that's, my, hobby? that's my hobby. <laughs> Weightlifting and pebble collecting. Yep. Williams! George Russell had a terrible lap. Did you hear that on the radio? He no. had a terrible lap in qualifying. Kubitz's race was not terrible compared to Russell, but it was terrible compared to everyone else on the grid. But overall, it was a terrible race for the whole team. Oh, Williams. I mean, Kubitz's race was terrible compared to Russell. He finished, as somebody pointed out earlier, he finished... He got, he got overtaken by him about by Russell no. about three laps from the end. It was not terrible compared to Russell, but it was terrible compared to everyone else. No, it was terrible compared to Russell. He was 16 seconds behind him in three laps. That's pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, but Russell was only... Yeah, but Trotsky... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Russell was only one place ahead of him. Yeah, Regardless I mean... of the time... Okay, so Shh. the Williams were shit, is what we're saying. Yes. I think we can agree on that. They were both terrible. terrible. Did you just womansplain? <laughs> I just what? Womansplain. <laughs> I, I womansplained. You're doing really well. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Look, yeah. Kubica has said in an interview today, for some reason, I can't drive a car very fast. <laughs> He's basically said, I've got no grip in the car. I'm trying really hard, but in my long runs, I'm much slower than Russell. Yeah, I don't know why. No idea what it could be, he says, with his hand flapping about everywhere. <laughs> it's like, come on. Come on, mate. It is, it is sad, isn't it? Because it was such a dream story for him to get the drive in the first place, but he's, he's nowhere near on it. What have we learnt? Never go for your dreams. Yes. <laughs> Stay in your box, never try, and maybe life won't be a shattering disappointment. And that's the new T-shirt that you can get at <laughs> ff1s.com slash shop, shop, shop. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Okay, so Kimi Raikkonen this week said that Formula One is a hobby. So I thought, what are the other drivers' hobbies? Here we go. So, Lewis Hamilton is first. Modelling is his hobby because yeah. he does it in his spare time. Uh, but I think he gets a bit of a bit of money for it. But um, do you mean we'll like building pass. models or posing for photos? Ethics. Okay. <laughs> Valtteri Bottas, I think, is a self-help book reader. <laughs> I can imagine he does a bit of chicken soup for the soul. Why is? Why does it feel like there's paint on your car? That kind of thing. Winning F1 for dummies. <laughs> Max Verstappen is into cross stitch, and he's just given all of the other teams uh, a cross stitch framed wanker because <laughs> he hates them. Sebastian Vettel, I believe, is a DJ in his spare time. What's his DJ name? Is that true, what? or have you just made that up? No, he's always spinning the day. Yeah, there we go. Charlie Clerk is getting into video editing because I believe at the end of this year there's going to be a heck of a montage. <laughs> uh, Pierre Gasly is into abseiling because he's always going backwards. Ooh. Kimi Raikkonen, Formula One driver. Lando Norris has become an influencer because of his Instagram <laughs> posts. Kevin Magnussen makes the finest artisanal balls. <laughs> uh, Nico Hulkenberg is a, the opposite of a good luck charm. What you do, if you've got someone you hate, you send Nico Hulkenberg around and everything goes to shit. Ricardo, not really a hobby, but he does a lot of it, which is staring into the mirror, questioning his decisions. <laughs> Sergio Perez is a couponer. <laughs> you know, he likes to save tyres, he likes to save money. It's great. <laughs> Alexander Elbon is just uh, trying to work out how to put cars back together. And Lance Stroll is into lacrosse. <laughs> Probably. Not really sure what that is. 
and the teams. So it was the Thousands Grand Prix. So what better way to do this than one of my classic Thousands? Good idea that goes weak pretty quickly, and it's song titles with the numbers replaced with a thousand. <laughs> In first place, every thousand a winner, baby. That's the truth. That's, this is where you're starting strong, is it? <laughs> in the order they came into my head okay let's all meet up in the year 1000 <laughs> okay Ferrari song 1000 blur, blur Red Bull very good fourth thousand ways to leave your lover by Renault that's about Ricardo leaving Red Bull fifth I've got 1000 problems but Kimi ain't one nice sixth working thousand to a thousand what a way to make a living <laughs> seventh I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more. That's McLaren. Oh, that's very clever. Once, twice, thousand times a lady. That's racing point. <laughs> and here's a good one. Oh, a thousand Rosso balloons. Toro Rosso. Okay. 99 red balloons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, China 2019 was the 1,000th World Championship event and, of course, our 1,000th podcast. It is hard to believe that we have been meeting in the pub to talk bollocks about F1 since 1950, but we have. And we have had our finger firmly on the pulse of racing ever since. Here are some of the highlights of the last 69 years, <laughs> starting, come on, starting with the inaugural season in 1950. We all love Grand Prix racing, but now there's a new proper world championship for drivers. It's called the World Championship for Drivers, which I think we can all agree is a terrible name. The first race is at Silverstone in May, and then there's five other races in Europe, plus the Indy 500 for some reason. Is this going to catch on? Absolutely not, no. I think it's an absolutely terrible idea. I don't see what's wrong with good old European Grand Prix racing. Let's see why we need to go to the colonies and get them involved. It'll never catch on. Stupid. So, that's the first season over, and Nino Farina is champion after winning in Monza. Juan Manuel Fangio retired again, and while he had a good run, it is clear that Farina is the star. Is this the end for Fangio? I think so. I think he's a wannabe. I think this season has clearly demonstrated that Farina is the man for the job. I think he's going to get a lot more titles from now on. Fangio, I doubt we'll ever hear from him again. I am bloody sick of you two always going on about Fangio. He's not a good racing driver, and in fact I hate him. I hate him so much I'll scream till I'm sick. At the end of the 1955 season, Fangio is champion again! I always liked him! The Britain's Sterling Moss finished second and looked strong all season. Yes, he's, he's definitely a multiple world champion for the future. If I were you, I'd get down to betting shop, lads, and put half a shilling on Sterling. I wouldn't get in and live with him. I don't understand that reference and won't for another 50 years. Well, that does bring a tear to the eye looking back at the archive and uh, what times we've had. Oh, great times. And now it is time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. <laughs> Okay, so as we mentioned, it was the Thousandth Grand Prix this weekend. Or was it? There's a million people on the internet trying to work out exactly how wrong everyone is. Do you count the old Indy 500? Is it a thousand Grands Prix or World Championship races? Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that Liberty had an open goal to fudge the numbers and make the Thousands go either to be a classic heritage race or one that's likely to be a stonker. Instead, they went for China, where we got a dull race at a country so strict that it's difficult to get things like all the championship winning cars through customs. So a special event is only the word a thousand in a funny font everywhere. 
The race made the news. A thousand is special, yet the race itself was, alas, the sort that any casual fans who had dropped off in recent years would have come back and seen their decision to stop watching was correct. But don't worry, I have a solution. Okay, the main solution is to fudge the numbers and make it Monaco, because that would have been a good thousandth race. Get Jackie Stewart out of his bank vault and a bunch of others racing around in old cars, have all the surviving champions or race winners or something to line up and do something a bit better than driving around on a flatbed truck. Maybe a race or something. Crazy. But I'm Winston Wolf and Liberty have just shot a guy in their car and I'm here to clean up the mess. So here goes. You've spunked the thousandth race idea. That's gone now. Instead, you need another milestone. Promisingly, we're on 99 pole position sitters. Um, I've checked the facts. We're also on 107 winners. So we've got a long way for a round number. And likewise with 52 deaths. <laughs> oh, no. But seeing as no matter what number you come up with, there'll be someone on Twitter telling you you're wrong. So my solution is this. Make Monaco the 1,000th Grand Prix. Do a China and erase your Tiananmen Square from Google. <laughs> Forget you ever mentioned it and start the build-up again. Deny, deny, deny. Call it fake news and do all of the above. Thousands races Monaco. What are you talking about? Okay. Immediate problem. Yeah. Monaco is always boring as shit. Yeah, yeah it's I a heritage race. But it's the yeah, race that everyone watches and... And they'll remember that it's boring. But if it's the first race you ever watch, it's going to be so boring. Yeah, but Monaco is still impressive to see them zipping around Monaco. For one it's shot. Like five minutes. One but it's more angle. impressive than China and they'll all get a boner by being on a yacht or something. So if you enjoyed that, please do buy us a beer. Go to ff1s.com and just click buy us a pint. So that is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Trobin. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about Formula E, but never mind. And to Terry Saunders. Just learning all sort to find out what we haven't had time to talk about. <laughs> we haven't talked about Mercedes had to change the <laughs> We haven't talked about Mercedes had to change their front wing. It was going one way, <laughs> then it had to go the other because the FIA should have directed. Oh, it's just their new we upgrade. We haven't to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks to discuss the Azerbaijan Grand Prix in Azerbaijan. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram, where we're at for F1's sake. Terry, where can you buy stuff? I haven't done those t-shirt designs, <laughs> have I? Formula One. We're going to have to new t-shirts by Barcelona. It's yeah. not Formula One. FF1S.com forward slash new t-shirt by Barcelona. That's it. Okay. Thanks for listening. See you in a fortnight. I've been Chigaraz. Goodbye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.